Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 14th of January 2023. Uh, This is our second week of looking at the tools that I'm using in my self-publishing business in 2023. This is part two. There may or may not be a part three, depending on how long it takes me to record this. (laughs) I got my pacing completely wrong. There's a lot of stuff I want to share with you just to bring you right up to date. So I may bump some of this content into a third episode. I'll let you know as we go along. I have a little timer here telling me how long I've been rattling on for. So I will let you know. uh, I'll make a decision sort of halfway through recording this. Coming up today, though, just in case we make it to the end, carried over from last week, the marketing techniques I'm finding most effective at the moment, the blogs and the websites I'm getting the most value from, and a selection of books, writing books, to check out. I'll be sharing the writing podcasts that I'm getting the most value from these days, chatting about my favorite learning resources for writers, and I'll have a a roundup of the varied and general software services that I use across my business, and will be crystal ball gazing as I reveal some of the futurist tests I'm running in the background. Now, just to say, this is all personal opinion, not necessarily recommendations. This is stuff that I've found works for me or stuff I've enjoyed reading or you know, just stuff that's resonating with me as a writer. And if you hear of something that you haven't heard of before, it may just be worth checking it out, see if it works for you too. Let's start this week then with marketing, held over from last week. The sort of marketing techniques that I'm finding working for me at the moment. And you'll know that I'm gonna mention Facebook ads right from the start. Facebook ads are still working for me. I know there've been all sorts of issues around, you know, Apple devices and Apple products and whether they're getting all the tracking stuff in and whatnot. Facebook ads still work. They're still the easiest thing I think to use, the most straightforward thing to use. They they just they just work. I mean I'm still using I mean two it's nearly two years I've been running virtually the same advert for my uh, 12 pack of books. I've had to make tweaks and changes as we've gone along. It's not exactly the same and I've, I've had to change audiences a little bit, but I'm essentially running the same old ads I was running two years ago and they still are responsible for bringing in the most income for me on that 12 pack book. You know, in spite of everything I do, everything I try, that is the one that works just brilliantly for me. So I keep paying for it. I've now got attribution links on it. The attribution links are telling me that it's fine. So I will stay with it. And What I would suggest to you is that you check out Jumpstart Facebook Ads for Authors by Matthew J. Holmes. Matthew did a brilliant sequence on Twitter. And if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes for today. In fact, let me grab a pen and paper and make a note of that now. And then hopefully I will remember to do it. He did a brilliant sequence on Twitter a week or so ago where he literally went A to Z of setting up a Facebook ad, but you know, doing it the proper way. And and I just thought that is, that's it. That is a course in itself, about 14 tweets it was. And if you follow that all the way through and do exactly as he said, there's obviously a little bit of testing with audiences involved, but it's great, it's perfect. So I'll put the link onto that thread and have a look at that. But I, I'm also just about to work through Jumpstart Facebook ads for authors. And I need to go through the kind of stats part of Jumpstart Amazon Ads for Authors. But at the moment, those are the learning tools I want to recommend to you. But actually, I get so much value. You don't don't have to pay for the courses if you don't want to, because if you follow, if you look at Matthew's old uh, podcast, he did an old podcast, he's not doing it anymore. But if you just go through the episodes on that on Amazon Ads, if you look at that Twitter feed that I'm going to share with you on the show notes, 
and if you subscribe to his emails you will get so much brilliant actionable information on Amazon ads and Facebook ads that you won't know what to do with it you don't, you don't have to pay for the courses it's just brilliant information so uh, I'm going to thoroughly recommend that to you I'm going to tell you that Amazon ads are still working in spite of all the if buts and babies and I am now using them with attribution links and I intend to do Matthew's course just to bring my knowledge up to date because I haven't really done anything with Facebook ads you for the last two years because that's been working for me and I'm going to revisit Facebook ads with a vengeance in 2023. Amazon ads I've also got to mention to you so Amazon ads you'll know that I've I've not really had a lot of luck with Amazon ads it's always been a bit finger in the wind since I've been since I've worked through Matthew's course I'm now finally getting some results, the results I actually intended to get, which is quite nice with Amazon ads. I mean, you know, before I just set up on auto search and then some, particularly with my nonfiction, but nonfictions have always worked with that and brought income in, but I've never been able to make my fiction work. Well, I'm really pleased because I have finally been strategic with Amazon ads, thanks to Matthew's training. And one of the things that I was trying to do is to try and get some uh, higher quality authors in my also reads on my Amazon page. And I was delighted the other day when I checked, I've now got Rachel McLean, Joy Ellis on my also reads. And I was unable to do that using BookBub search ads, but I have been able to do it using targeted Amazon ads. And I've also, LJ Ross has made an appearance in there. I'm trying to get LJ Ross in there too. She did pop up once and then she's disappeared again, but you know, at last, I'm able to control things on Amazon. You know, obviously not brilliantly yet, but I'm actually making some progress. Now, where I, where I stalled with the Amazon ads, and this is why I've decided not to carry on doing the job at the university, is when I was, I started doing the course, the Amazon ads course, but when I started writing the book, what I found is that all my marketing time had gone. And that's why I've decided to leave the university because I, I'm writing again now. I want to write three days a week in the new year and I also want to leave myself plenty of marketing time because there's a lot of work I need to do. I, I used Matthew's training to get the ad set up but what I then found out when I was writing is I just had no time to then work through the next bit which is frankly the bit I'm going to find harder which is where he's telling you how to look at the stats and the numbers and the tweaks to make. I haven't done that bit yet and I really need to do that to make sure I'm not wasting my money. So I've seen some instant results. They, they are working for me in a small way, but I'm not happy to ramp my budgets up until I've worked through the second part of the training. And for Amazon ads, that's going to be my priority in the first part of 2023. But uh, I really I really feel like I'm getting close now to finally you know, wrestling some control out of Amazon ads. And it's entirely to do with Matt's training. No, nothing else. Everything else is just completely confused. But I've tried everything. I've tried all the books, all the trainings. They just leave me completely confused. Matthew J. Holmes's training is the best thing um, I've come across for the way I learn. You, you may feel differently about it, but um, it's really helped me. And I feel like I'm about to make a breakthrough with Amazon ads at last, even if it's just in a small way. You know, I've already seen results and I'm very happy with those results because what that means is that I'll be in the Rachel McLean and the Joy Ellis ecosystem. And they're huge authors. Joy Ellis has just landed a TV deal. You know, I want to be found by the same readers as them because I'm writing the same kind of thing as them. So that's really advantageous for me. If I, if I can get LJ Ross back in those also reds, I'll be very happy. Got to mention BookBub ads too. So let's talk about BookBub ads. These are the search ads, first of all. I find them very expensive. 
I like making the images for them on Bookbrush. That's how I would make the images. I think Bookbrush is brilliant. It's, you know, it's the one great thing that Bookbrush is for is making those images. I did have some minor success. You see, I think the LJ Ross, when LJ Ross appeared in my also bought, I actually attribute that to BookBub ads rather than Amazon ads, actually. So I have had some minor success with it. But I just find BookBubs, they just, they kind of just burn your money up. Now, what I haven't done with BookBub ads, and this is what I need to do next, is I haven't used attribution links because I was, when I turned the Amazon ads off, sorry, the BookBub ads off, the attribution links from Amazon hadn't been released. So I haven't tried BookBub ads without attribution links. That's what I want to do next. And then I can really then kind of burrow into the data. But my experience with Finger in the Wind, wind BookBub ads is I love the targets. I love being able to uh, target by author. I also love being able to target by channel. They're very, very good. You know, if you're trying to get things going on on Kobo, Barnes & Noble, and you know, because I'm focused on my thrillers, I just, I haven't done these things. These are things I need to do. But you know, I'm not ruling them out, but my experience, the date of them is very expensive. They burn your money. They usually make me bulk before I see any results. But with attribution ads, uh, links, I'm hoping that I can make a little bit more sense of, of BookBub ads now and see what's working and what's not. Have had some small success with them, but again, it's one of those things I need to, to grapple with. BookBub featured deals. I know, you know, BookBub featured deals, people are always saying, oh no, they don't work anymore. They're not what they used to be. You know, nowhere near as good. But actually, uh, there's nothing quite like a BookBub featured deal. I wouldn't, uh, you know, I would not stop applying for them. It gave me the most success I've had with my sci-fi, getting my seven pack listed wide. It was a really good earner. So I'm still applying for BookBub deals. I the, the minute The minute one gets knocked back, same day, I get another one in. I'm constantly submitting BookBub featured deals. I'm in a bit of a dry spell at the moment. I'm not, I haven't had a BookBub deal for a while, but I will just keep going at it relentlessly until they say yes or they tell me to go away. But that that really is the way with BookBub deals. Most of them you get knocked back for, but you'll make, it's very hard not to make money on a BookBub deal. Well, so long as you, you you've got to have a strategy with BookBub featured deals. I think you've either got to give the first in the series away for free. I have now made uh, money on, very large box sets at 99p so a very you know very huge value for 99p i would not i would not that, that's if you were an lj ross kind of author you know a different level of author you would get away with this but i would not give a single paperback away for 99p because i think i'd lose loads of money on it on a book bub sale but that's only because of where i am in my author career so for me in my author career i would give away first book in series free so the first book in a trilogy or the first book in a series for free on bookbub or a box set for 99p is, is what i would go for those are the only things i think i can make really work for me on bookbub at the moment i think second best to two bookbub featured deals are written word media deals so these are free boxy and bargain boxy now so i'd always say this is second best and, you, and you'll invariably always get a promo on these I think that it's best for free books. So free booksy has always worked best for me. Free booksy when you have, again, first in series for free or first, you know, in a box set for free, they, you always shift a lot of copies and then that will create enough movement to then get some s subsequent sales. I've never had any luck with written word media on bargain books. You've never really seen anything different with 99p sales. But again, now we've got these Amazon attribution links. So long as people don't stop us using them, we can actually track this stuff a lot better now and, and where I can, when I start to, to promote the new series, and when I do promos in 2023, I will be um, 
using those attribution links all the time unless somebody tells me I can't use attribution links. So more marketing relating stuff is author helper. And they were discussing this on Mark Dawson's podcast a few weeks ago. Author Helper, I like. I took a, a trial of it. Incidentally, if you use Author Helper, if you're good to use Author Helper, if you've bought one of Mark Dawson's products, always check his discounts and voucher codes page because you can get a perpetual discount on Author Helper if you subscribe to it through through Mark Dawson. I like Author Helper. I'm very inclined to like it. What I dislike about it is the manual importing of data. I think that I just want things that import the data through an API. I, you know, I don't want to be downloading spreadsheets and bringing them in because just because of all the kind of errors that can happen. I just I just want a straight API to give me an interface to do the numbers for me. The other thing is, is it has these geo links so that you put one link in for Amazon. And if you're in Germany, it'll open up the German version of Amazon. If you're in the US, it'll open up the US version of Amazon. I, I've decided that I'm not going to pay for GeoLinks because the, the, the problem, if you use a paid service for these geographical links and then you stop using it, it's going to be massively disruptive to, to change it. I had to go through that disruption recently. I've forgotten the name of the service. Now I used to use a service for my GeoLinks, but I just decided, you know, it's just simpler going through book report because it's free and they're going to be there forever. And you're not going to change the service and it's good. You can use book report, whether you're in Amazon or whether you're wide, but also book report will let you put your paperbacks in there too. So I think it was when book report started letting you do the paperbacks. That I thought, oh, do you know what now they, it's, it's tip now and I'm just going to use, um, not book report, sorry, books to read. They've all got all these different titles. Books to read, that's the draft of digital links. Books to read is what I'm talking about. So that's what I prefer for my geolinks. Now, as I say, I like Author Helper. I keep looking at it thinking I really ought to use this because it gives me stats on read through and things like that. But it does come with an expense. It's about $147 or pounds a year. It's not a huge expense, but I just, I took a trial of it and I just thought, I, you know, I don't know whether I'm good. I don't know whether I've got the patience and the time to mess around with the with the spreadsheets. I think that was really it. it was knowing myself. I think that made me not do it. But it's one of those things. It's like um, I've got a guilty feeling about it all the time. And that guilty feeling is you really ought to know what your read through is, Paul. You know, you need to be doing this. And it's just I just haven't done it yet. But I, I probably will end up. But now I'm talking to you now, talking through it. I'm thinking I probably ought to do that, really. So it might come in 2023. So it's on my radar. I'm not paying for it at the moment. I've got it all set up. All the books are set up. I did all the work for it. The only thing I need to do is subscribe and then start bringing my information in it. And then that will, what it'll essentially tell me, it'll calculate my read through for me, which, you know, I know I need to know, but I just haven't got around to doing it yet. So a book report is, I think, still very useful in finding out what you earned over a period. So if I just want to know, if I, if I think, oh, how much I earned on Amazon in all the time I've been doing it, I could go on book report and it'll just do it for me. It'll just work it out for me. And then if I think, oh, what's that in dollars? Because that always looks nicer in dollars. I could change the numbers to dollars. I think, oh, you know, that's a nice number. So, so book report, I don't use every day, but I do use it. I keep a spreadsheet of what my, my Facebook expenditure is compared to what my income is. And I use book report for that. I still find that easier than using um, Amazon because I can just do it day by day by day. So I'm still using book report, but I tend to on a daily basis, you know, when you're checking how much money you've made every day, I tend to look at the Amazon reports now, but I still am paying for book report. I still don't think you can beat that. And um, I also tried, what's the other one? Scribe counts. 
again i probably ought to try scribe count again because i tried it in the early days didn't quite work for me first time i tried it but i know they're constantly improving it and making changes and, and you know i might do but uh, what i need is a nice free trial or a free month on scribe count just to give it another try but at the moment i'm happy with book report i don't make enough really from from listing wide that's my fault because i don't promote wide but book reports and the amazon reports and the reports in kobo and books to read they're, they're all fine for me at the moment i think so book funnel is my favorite way of delivering beta copies to readers i don't really use uh, book funnel for anything else at the moment because i'm not taking part in giveaways but i did see a thread uh, in the last couple of days on 20 books about people who like me are not happy with the rubbish that people submit when you list a giveaway on book funnel i mean i love book funnel giveaways i think the whole way that they're delivered is is, is brilliant i ideally want to do book funnel giveaways but i just can't be dealing with all the rubbish that you get and then you, you knock somebody back and there's oh, why have you knocked my book back well it's because it's got a terrible cover you know I, do, I i was in management for years and had to deliver bad news to people and good news too of course but i had to deliver lots of bad news in management i've had enough of it you know having to deal with all that people stuff so one of the good things about um, 20 books this article in 20 books is people were saying well look you know they have the same feeling as me about this is that you you put a you put a book funnel giveaway up and you get loads of rubbish and then you're having to offend people by telling them why you don't want their book up and then in this 20 book thread they were saying well what what they tend to do is they tend to reach out to specific authors and I thought yeah Joe, I'm missing a trick here the way to do it is to look at existing book funnel giveaways to specifically find the authors who are listing the books that I would like on my giveaway and then to reach out and connect with them directly and say I'm having an invite only giveaway can I tempt you to list on my giveaway so that's what I resolved to do because I really I'd like to build my list and uh, I'd like to do book funnel giveaways but I don't want all that kind of hassle with them so I thought right that's that's a little target for 2023 let's try and get a book funnel giveaway with invited authors only and then they'll probably look at my covers and, and say no thank you very much your covers are rubbish but you know we have to give it a try don't we so yeah I'm going to target the kind of people who, who are writing books that I want you know, find them through social media or, or message them through book funnel if I can and uh, see if I can get a giveaway going so uh, book funnel I love always have loved it it's great they keep innovating I'm not using it very much at the moment but if I if I did need it uh, more I would use it without hesitation because it's great want to talk about MailerLite now then MailerLite I have been very happy with for a long time it's been great it's fine pricing is good I use the landing pages on it I've got sequences auto sequences set up for sci-fi for thrillers for general author work it's great I love it but as you know I've been incredibly lazy with my email marketing I haven't really done any for over a year about a year yeah about a year at the time of recording this now MailerLite are about to or they want us all to migrate to an updated version of the software and this is very interesting because I started this migration process a week or two ago and then stopped because what it's done is it's created friction and for me to migrate properly to bring all the lists in and everything I've got I have to pay more and I thought hang on why am I paying more I've just I've paid I've already paid for the year I've paid up front for a year with Maylight but they're going to make me they're changing the pricing and they're going to to change to the new system it's going to trigger the new pricing so having paid having paid till is it july or something like that if i upgrade and try the new system properly now i'm going to automatically get a bill 
for having the same number of people in Mailerlite. Now, if anybody from Mailerlite's listening, let me tell you something, right? You do not, when you're trying to migrate people into a new software, you do not create friction if you want to get people moving over, right? And they've created two, two bits of friction. The first bit of friction is I can't try the new system properly without having to pay to upgrade. I can only see a, do a half version of it. So never create friction. And the second thing is, if you're trying to get me into the new app, don't make another charge. That's two bits of friction. Don't charge me for it. Don't put your price up for migration before I've even had a chance to, to test it. So there's a lot of friction here. And you know, like in the first episode, I said to you, like with SiteGround and HostGator, you get to a point sometimes with the software where they suddenly make life really difficult for you. And you say to yourself, okay, is it just gonna be easier for me here to change service? Or am I, am I gonna go through all this friction? And so MailerLite had just created this unnecessary friction, which they shouldn't have done. They should have made the transition easy. They should have either let you take a full trial before you decided, you know, to have all your subscribers in there before you had to pay more, or, well, that's what they should have done. They should have just done that. And I'm at the point now where I'm thinking, oh, you know, am I gonna lose all these? Am I gonna have to lose all these pages I've set up? You know, what am I gonna lose? What's the pain gonna be? And so I've postponed, I've postponed the transfer to the new software, to the modern version, because I can't face the inconvenience of it at the moment. And also I'm not paying anymore. I've paid for the year. So I'm gonna wait. I, I, I messaged the help desk and said, you know, uh, you know, do I have to do this? Are you going to force me into the new software? Which they will do incidentally, eventually they will force me. What they'll try and do is try and get people to go voluntarily, and then they'll then they'll say we're switching off the old app at some point. We'll all have we'll all have to go. And I said, well, look, my renewal is up in whatever it is, June or July. Are you going to force me to move until then? And they said, no. Right in that case, I ain't moving until I have to. So at that point, I will then look at what I'm paying for MailerLite in the new system and say, right, well, can I get that with GetResponse? I have always liked GetResponse. Can I get that with what's the other one that everybody uses? Con begins with a C, ConvertKit. Can I get something comparable on ConvertKit? So all MailerLite have done is they've created so much of a problem for me, they're going to make me look at other services when I was quite happy with MailerLite and I was quite happy to recommend MailerLite. So that is a lesson in how not to migrate people from one version of the software to the other. So the you won't hear me running ads on MailerLite until I've made my mind up. And, and I'm sure the new system is great but I don't know because I've got to pay for it to find out. And I've already paid for a year. So we're just going round and round in circles with this. So I won't know until they either force me or I make a decision, I go elsewhere or I decide to go all in, but I'm not gonna do it and pay extra. So just on principle, I'm not gonna pay extra. So so there we are with MailerLite. I won't be recommending them until I've made a kind of final decision on where I am with MailerLite, but uh, I'm not very happy about that. You know, you chug it along, you're quite happy, very, very happy with MailerLite, and then all of a sudden they stick a spare in the works. And um, I sort of say, well, who was unhappy with what we had? I was happy with what I got, who was moaning? Okay, let's move on from MailerLite. I'll keep you up to date with that if um, if I make any changes. It is in the, it's in the software pending pile at the moment. Couple of things I haven't tried that I just wanted to mention to you. They're on, again, this long pending pile that I haven't had time to attend to. A site called novelpublicity.com forward slash ads. This is a managed ad service. 
I can't tell you whether it's good, bad or indifferent. I haven't used it yet, but I want to have a, a closer look at it. So I've, I've kind of put it on my speed dial on my web pages so I don't forget to look at it. But I haven't got around to interrogating it properly. Yet. But it, basically, in very simple terms, it's paid Facebook and Amazon ads plus some other services. So again, if you haven't heard of that, check it out. See if it's something you might be interested in. And another one that, again, came across my radar the other day. I've got no, I can't say good, bad or ugly. I don't know yet. I want to test it, but I've got, when I do a group, when I do a promo, I'll test it at some point. This website's called cravebooks.com. It's on the pending pile. They do group giveaways, paid and social promotions. And again, every time I see something that looks good, it looks quality. Uh, if I hear about it on another podcast, I automatically put it on the pending pile. And then when I get to it, I'll have a proper look at it, try it, and then let you know if it's working for me. This is a reminder of a site that I think is fantastic if you're working on your categories in your books. It's BKLNK, BKLNK.com, BKLNK.com. If you're working on your categories, which you should be doing, making sure your book's in the right categories, it's, I think it's the, the must-have service. It's the thing I like to use most. It's the type of service that I appreciated so much for free that I sent a donation over to the person who makes the site. I thought, how can you run this for free? It's amazing. So do look up BK Link if you want to do some work on your categories and get your books into the right strategic categories. Books to read I've mentioned already. That's what I prefer for my geolinks, but it's also great for paperbacks now. So that's what I'm using for that. Booksweeps.com. This is an alternative to using BookFunnel promos. It works very well. I, I've used it fairly recently when I thought I ought to you know, try and build my list. They give you some brilliant quality graphics to support the, the, the promo. And you always get a couple of hundred, well, in my genre, I get a couple of hundred signups. So I've always found book sweeps well worth the while. They're basically organized author promos. And the good thing about it is you are supposed to promote it. But if you don't promote it, or you can only promote it a little bit, it doesn't matter. You still kind of get the benefit of, of general promotions. I wanted to mention prolific works. I mean, I used to, what was it called? Insta freebie. It used to be called Insta freebie. Is anybody using prolific works anymore? I, I went on the website the other day and thought, have they just gone out of business? Because I haven't, I haven't heard anybody mention prolific works for, for so long anywhere on a podcast or a blog or anything. And I, I had a look at, um, I had a look at the website. It's still sort of there. It's still going strong, but I haven't, I've been, I just haven't used it. I haven't even thought about it for ages. I thought maybe I ought to have a look at it sometime. But um, is anybody using Prolific Works? I kind of gave up after they changed the name from Insta Freebie. And, and, and just it just really wasn't kind of working for me as a giveaway site at all. But if you are using it and you're having some success with it, um, let me know. I, I ought to have another look at it at some point and see kind of how it changed and whether it changed for the better or the worse. I just gave up with it and made the switch to book funnel have been happy there ever since and, and another one where well, there's nothing wrong with it at all I just I have never used it is storyoriginapp.com so story origin I mean again they do these universal links they do group promos newsletter swaps beta copies reader magnets I've just really never had the cause to use it I don't like newsletter swaps I think they I think they make your your list less responsive when you when you sort of swapping books with authors where you haven't read the book and it's maybe not the kind of quality you'd like it to be you know what i think of group promos you know because you get low quality submissions to group promos so there's no reason why i haven't used it um, you know reader magnets i'd use book for other than that you know really book 
does what I want it to do. And also, I don't really want to do newsletter swaps or group promos unless I can make sure the quality is fine. So, but it still is on my radar. You know, I still I still look at it. I still think about it. I haven't discounted it. There's nothing wrong with it at all. And I'd highly recommend that you sort of check it out and see if it's something that you can use. And then sort of finally in this marketing system, you know, things that I'm using, things that are on my radar, things I haven't discounted yet is uh, a book, a blog review. I, I got some blog reviews when I was doing, I think it was when I did rapid release, I used to get blog reviews at all my sites. And the, what my preferred service is bytheletterbookreviews.com, bytheletterbookreviews.com. And I was just thinking about that the other day because I used to do all my books through there. I really like it as a service and I'll probably use it again later in the year with my new books. The only reason that I haven't used it recently is because it doesn't really work because I was writing the end of a series. I was writing trilogies two and three in a series. It doesn't really work to have, because they, they were sequential books too, it doesn't really work to have those books reviewed. So I got the first three books of Morecambe Bay reviewed or certainly the first one, but it wasn't really worth getting the others reviewed because it, it just would really wouldn't work from a marketing point of view. But I'm thinking about coming back to it again when I start to market these new books. And probably what I'll do is I will probably, you know, book in the blog reviews and I'll let the, I'll let the reviewers have all three books in the trilogy and so they can just review the whole series even though I'm releasing them a month uh, at a time, I'll, I'll let them review the series. And then they could, I'll aim for, if I could do this, I'll aim for one review, which will be for the whole trilogy. But obviously I'll, I'll, I'll time it to promote book one in the series to get people into that funnel. So those are the sort of the marketing techniques that I'm using at the moment. And really you can boil it down to Facebook ads, Amazon ads and BookBub featured deals. Those are the things that are really working big time. But hopefully some of the other things I've mentioned there, maybe not on your radar, maybe they're things you've forgotten about. They might also help you to get a little bit of action going with your own marketing. Okay, let's move on to blogs and websites. And I have to declare at this point that I'm not really a reader. I prefer to get my information about, you know, what's going on in the world from podcasts. That's, I can consume it in different ways there. But I just wanted to share some of the, the blogs and the websites that I do read regularly, mainly because I'm on their newsletter and that I find myself reading their posts. Again, just to make sure that if they're not on your radar already, you can put them on your radar. I just want to share where I get the most value, but I'm not a big consumer of blogs and websites. I tend to pick up articles that I enjoy through social media or newsletters. And this really is a compilation of the ones that I'm finding myself reading more often. So hopefully this will be useful to you. And I have to say that um, Dan Parsons now is writing, well, he write, he works for the Alliance of Independent Authors, but he's also working for Self-Publishing Formula. And I'm finding a lot of Dan's uh, blog posts very uh, interesting. He's He writes himself and he's got a really good feel, I think, for, for talking points and certainly headlines that get your attention. But I'm finding a lot of value in Dan Parsons' content now for Self-Publishing Formula. So to find that content, it's selfpublishingformula.com forward slash blog. And, uh, you know, take, take a look at what they're, they're, they're always sharing. They always have shared good information on there. I just find that I'm attracted more to a lot of the posts. Maybe it's just the headlines that Dan's using. But he's sharing some really nice topical content on there, I think. Also, the Alliance of Independent Author blog. You're going to keep hearing me talk about the Alliance of Independent Authors. You know, I think if there's one membership that you need to have, and, and for a reason that I'm going to talk to you about, you know, elsewhere in the podcasts, I think you have to do this. 
I think you've got to join the Alliance of Independent Authors because there's so much, uh, you know, good practice and support there. And there's one particular blog post that I'm going to recommend to you and put on the show notes this week. But the, the Alliance of Independent Authors blog is always useful. You know, they've got the latest news, developments, just, it just keeps you in the know. Uh, there's one particular blog post that I think is, you know, is of, of immense value anyway, why you should check it out. And that is their article that I discovered recently. I heard about it on one of their podcasts and I've looked it up and I've actually pinned it to my speed dial in case it ever happens to me. But it's, it's called How Indie Authors Prove Publishing Rights. And it's uh, the Alliance of Independent Authors Guide to if you get um, that dreaded message from Amazon saying, sorry, we're, you know, we're blocking your account because you've done something wrong or you need to prove the copyright of your books. It gives you chapter and verse of what to do there. But also, uh, you know, and this is another reason for being a member of the Alliance of Independent Authors. If you are a member of the Alliance of Independent Authors, you could, you could email them and they will represent you it's like having a union on your side you know so you know literally of course i joined i would join the alliance of independent authors anyway without question but you know if you're on the fence about it just the fact that you get those five vouchers or codes to use ingram spark for free and the fact that somebody if you get into deep water with amazon and they they lock your account you can get some official representation from somebody who can get through to a person at, at amazon for those two reasons alone, I would want to be connected to the Alliance of Independent Authors. And that's aside from the fact, all the massive value that they offer elsewhere. So if they're not on your radar, they really need to be on your radar. And I will share this brilliant article about how indie authors prove publishing rights on the show notes for this week's uh, edition. That's something you need to know where it is in case it ever happens to you. Dave Gochran, I always read his emails. In fact, I always save his emails. He has a special folder in my Gmail uh, for Dave Gochran's emails because often, you know, they're so long and detailed. I think, right, I'll come back to that when I'm reviewing Facebook or when I'm reviewing Amazon ads. So Dave Gochran, uh, again, it's davidgochran.com forward slash blog. I always read his emails when they come out. They're always detailed. There's always loads of brilliant, actionable information in there. So I think you've got to be on Dave's email list. A couple of other ones that are from newsletters. Fussy Librarian, I get their newsletter. That's worth signing up to. Again, you know, just practical stuff about marketing and things like that. So Fussy Librarian, thefussylibrarian.com. And the BookBub blog, I think, is very good. Uh, you, you have to give it to, to BookBub. They certainly give you lots of examples of best practice, what's working and what's not. So I, I think if you are going to pay money for either search ads on BookBub or for featured deals, you really owe it to yourself to make sure that you're getting the BookBub sort of newsletter with all those blog articles on. So on the show notes, just to give you a taster this week, I will put their article about top book marketing articles in 2022. That's a really good place to start and you'll very instantly get a sense of the value from there. Written Word Media, I'm a big fan of. I mean, if, if only you're signed up to the Written Word Media newsletter and blog for that annual author survey that they do, which I find immensely interesting. You know, if you need to know what actions you should take to be a five or a six figure author, that survey pretty well tells you exactly what you've got to do, which is generally write more books, get professional covers, get professional edits and spend money on marketing, money and time on marketing. So, but, but apart from that, they also give you lots of regular sort of craft and marketing tips on that blog. So it's, it's well worth consuming that. 
Jericho Writers. This is something that might not be on your radar. Jericho Writers, I've been involved with for ages, ever since I went to the, they do a course at York University every year, and I've been to a couple of them. And they, I've forgotten what they used to be called, but they changed their name to Jericho Writers. And again, I get their their blog posts. I like to keep in touch with them, see what they're up to, because they do workshops and courses. So the Jericho Writers blog is well worth a look as well. And I'll put the link on this week's show notes. And then finally, this is just a limited section, as I say, because I've got a massive consumer of, of blogs and websites. But uh, something that I looked at recently, an organization called Relay Publishing. Now, I think I heard about this on Joanna Penn's podcast, and it was in relation to ghostwriters. Um, they 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 pay ghostwriters. They, they pay for you to write the book or to do the the, the outline of the book and they have little marketing jobs and things like that and I checked it out and they also have a uh, a blog as well so I, I subscribe to the newsletter and the blog posts are again well worth looking at because they're people who are selling a lot of books and they're just posts on you know marketing and, and writing we, we could all use with more information about that couldn't we so that's relaypub.com you might also find the kind of ghostwriting element of that website interesting, but I'll put the link on the show notes this week rather than read out great, long, complicated web links for you. Now, this next section is writing books. And I have to admit, I, I, although I, I went through a phase of, of reading and consuming loads of writing books, both in print and in audiobook form, I've been a bit, so I haven't really done very much of that recently, to be honest with you. I've been kind of reading different kinds of books uh, but I, I do need to revisit books on craft so what I, I'm going to do is I'm going to do a, a kind of hybrid response to this I'm going to tell you the books that I kept when we I got rid of a load of stuff when we went to Spain it was just a really good opportunity for a sort out so I'll tell you what writing books are on my shelf at the moment these are the sort of ones that made the cut that I, I, I didn't want to just read once I want to come back to and uh, there's a couple here that I haven't read yet so I'll tell you those and then I'm going to share somebody else's writing resource for you because actually it's got a lot of the books I've read and used in the past. So the books that I saved that made the cut were Point of View by Sandra Girth and Show Don't Tell by Sandra Girth. Uh, those are things that I'm constantly, you know, need to be on top of. And uh, and so, I, you know, I, I need to read those again. It's something I always need to remind myself. So I kept those. I don't know whether I've read this one. It's quite dense, this. I don't think I've read this one. This is On Editing, How to Edit Your Novel the Professional Way, Helen Corner Bryant and Catherine Rice. I think that, I'm just trying to look to see if I've made pencil marks in that. No, that, look, that looks like that's on the, the very long pending pile. Save the Cat, I keep because save the, I really like Save the Cat. That's more about how I how I write, though I am actually evolving out of Save the Cat at the moment. I'm using a 27 chapter sequence that you can find in Living Writer, even if you take it for a trial. I'm just trying, uh, it, it just gives slightly more detail to the chapters and I found that qu quite good for planning. So I, it still hits the Save the Cat points. You can definitely see the Save the Cat points in there, but it just gives you more uh, more plot points, more edit points to work with, which I'm finding quite useful at the moment while I'm getting back up to speed with writing. Another book I've got from my shelf that made the cut was Understanding Show Don't Tell by Janice Hardy. That book I've read. So, you know, you, you'll know for me that Show Don't Tell and, and I think less so point of view now, actually. I think, I, I well, <laughs> Claire will tell you when she's edited my first book but I think I'm better at points of view now I think I I think I've got that I think I've got that now show don't tell possibly not um probably still need to work on that one as well so two more books that I haven't read yet 
that are on my shelf, How Not to Get Published by Claire Gilman. I will put the links to these on the show notes. That's a nice book because it's got like kind of sort of book I like because it's got um, little dotted areas with icons next to them. You know, remember this and tips and things like that. I like books like that because they're easy to consume. I don't know whether I can recommend it or not, but it's got lots of um, information on, you know, self-publishing and how to write. And it's actually, I, I want to read that next. It looks really good actually looking at that. It looks like it'll be a really fast read. And then also self-editing for fiction writers, how to edit yourself into print by Rennie Brown and Dave King. I don't think I've read that one yet. No, I haven't read that one yet either. So, you know, there's so much to do, isn't there? You know, all the things I'm talking to you about in this podcast, there's so much I want to do at the moment. I mean, it could literally be a 24 hour a day job. All we could do is just keep plugging away and working through it bit by bit by bit by bit. But, um, there's, you know, there's so much that I know I need to work on. This process never ends but hopefully there's a few books there maybe that you haven't heard of and then also Laurie Puma got in touch with me now Laurie did a great um, it was really well shared actually she did a brilliant article a year or two ago it was about it was a list of podcasts and she'd let me know that I was on it podcasts that I think she listens to or she recommends something like that and it was a great article and um, she got in touch with me recently to re-establish contact and um, Laurie is a fiction editor I think she listens to the show and Laurie had just reminded me that she'd got her blog there and I found this really interesting article on her website which is called it's it's like it was like a follow-up or a prequel to the podcasting which writing books you should read and which ones you can skip and I'll put this article on the show notes because there's just loads of books here that I kind of have looked at in the past and I thought oh, it's, it's easier for me just to recommend this I think but she's got she's got like number one the book most likely to improve your scenes and that is how to write a dynamite scene using the snowflake le- uh, method by Randy Ingemanson isn't it Ingemanson I've heard of Randy and I, Randy does, does he do a plug up blog or something like that I can't remember or, or a podcast but uh, that's about improving your scenes number two the nearly everything you need in one book uh, book which is structuring your novel by K.M. Wyland the third book a book to help you master fiction's most important skill now this is this is Janice Hardy interestingly who I've just mentioned to you so th- uh, I got Janice Hardy's understanding show don't tell what Laurie is recommending here is understanding conflict by Janice Hardy. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that one, so I'm interested in that one. And then four books to help you recognise a page-turning plot. And then so there's another Randy Ingemanson one by the looks of it. Save the cat writes a novel. Structuring your novel by K.M. Wyland and the Story Grid. And I know Jerry Evanoff is huge on the Story Grid. I know Jerry really likes the Story Grid. So you can see this is like a really useful. This is a really useful resource. So I, I'm just really going to recommend this to you. Then number five, The Heroine or Hero's Journey. Uh, This is a book called The Heroine's Journey by Gail Carriger. I haven't heard of that book before, so that looks really good. The Emotion Thesaurus. I think this is another one that Jerry Evanoff's hugely into. Uh, I did buy this, but I tend not to use it. Books to help you create believable characters. I don't know where that is, actually. I wonder if that's still in a box somewhere in the garage. Just be surprised if I threw that away. But I can't remember seeing that on the shelf somewhere. But I, I did buy The Emotion Thesaurus. And then um, she's got all sorts of other books on there. Um, very, very, very useful article. There's no point in me listing them all. But the other thing that I like about this article is that a lot of the authors that Laurie recommends 
you'll also find they've done multiple books too so she rec recommends somebody called becca syme becca's done loads of different craft books as well so i just thought uh, it was well worth recommending the article i'll put a link on the show notes but uh, laurie's uh, site is lauriepuma.com and you need to look on the blog but i'll put it on the show notes to save you hunting for that Let's move on to podcasts then. And what am I listening to at the moment? This is the way I prefer to consume information about writing. So in my defense, when I'm not reading all these craft books that I should be, at least by listening to podcasts, you know, I'm hearing these things repeated time and time again. They're always uh, top of mind when I am writing. So I'll, I'll go through the list. A lot of them you'll know. Some of them I've mentioned before, but there are a couple of new ones in there. And these are these are all in my queue. These are all podcasts that I'm checking out every week. So the first podcast is the self-publishing show, which is Mark and James. And I always listen. I always download the self-publishing show. I always listen to the banter at the beginning, which I always enjoy. Always enjoy the personal stuff, uh, and I pick and choose the guests something of huge value that they do in the self-publishing show they don't seem to have done it uh, recently actually is when they do the the makeovers they have people uh, bringing a book in and they get a makeover on the cover and the writing style and uh, i can't remember what else they do but it's uh, those makeover episodes are are absolutely brilliant um, so yeah I, I pick and choose the guests but i always listen to the banter but also i want to listen to the podcast because i always want to be involved in their community so for instance i always want to know first if they're holding the event in London, because I want to get my ticket for that. That's a must attend event as far as I'm concerned. And um, any kind of training that they, they've also got an offer, I want to know about. But I've got, I've got access to all the training now uh, that they sell. I get that through my portal because uh, I bought the Facebook uh, course ages ago. So again, I can dip in and out of that training uh, when I need it. But yeah, I just it's I, I want to be connected with self-published shows. So I always download the podcast, even though I might not listen to the guest if it's not a topic that interests me. The other another one is called the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast, which is on my on my downloads. Now, it's funny. I'm just going to when I'm giving you the title there, I'm thinking, hang on, what podcast is that? So I'm, I'm going to have a look at it in my feed because when I see the icon on it, I'll remember it because I don't actually remember. I don't remember the title. Oh, yes, I know the icon. So this is good. Uh, th this is a couple of ladies who I've never heard of before who do literally that book marketing tips and i think they have a book marketing service as far as i know but it's two ladies and they usually take a marketing topic some of them are really quite short but they're really good i really like the ladies who present it i really like the kind of advice that they give and i'm just it's just one of those podcasts i'm very happy to listen to but i haven't heard anybody talking about it now i've got this on my feed now let me just give you a, a taster of the kind of episodes they're doing so uh, the last episode was a, a, a mini-sode and the title was Common and Sneaky Ways Your Author Platform Works Against You. The previous week's episode was The Ins and Outs of Selling Books in Bulk. The week before that was How the Wrong Book Title Can Make or Break Your Sales. So you can just tell from those three titles, that's kind of right in our ballpark. Now, I'd never heard that. I can't even remember where I discovered it. But I listen to that every week now. And it's, you know, it's a great one to add to the list. And I'll put the, the links for these podcasts on the show notes. I always listen to the Selmore Book Show. I actually find uh, Brian and Claire, you know, r really funny. I, I, I sort of laugh at it more, more than I ever did now. Uh, so I do, I do enjoy their rapport. 
when they're kind of busking around things. But also, Claire's very good at organising her time and takes a lot of time off, as she should do. And when they get guests in, they get some lovely guests in as well, who are usually people, I think, who are involved in Brian's kind of wider business. But they get some really interesting people on, I think, as as um, standing guests as well. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying the Selwell Book Show. It's one of those shows that kind of does what it says on the tin. We all know what we're going to get every week. And it's good, you know, it just, it's, uh, it just keeps you up to date with the news of what's going on. So I would not listen to the Selwell Book Show. The Rebel Author Podcast. Um, I really, I really like the personal updates. I really like Sasha. I think she does great presentation. I, I pick and choose the guests, as I always do with podcasts. You know, if the guest is of no interest to me, I tend not to listen further than that. The, the, the funny, there's a funny reason for me sometimes missing episodes, and that is that I listen to podcasts in bed. You know, I tend to wake up early in the morning and I put podcasts on. And uh, I have them all in a big queue. They just play back to back. And I just kind of drift in and out. It keeps me from getting up too early. And, uh, and, and there's a couple of podcasts. Uh, Sasha's one of them. And Dan Wilcox's one is another. Where the, they have quite loud. Mu- oh, Alliance of Independent Authors is another. They have quite loud music on at the beginning. And the loud music wakes me up. So if I if I miss an episode, it's because I haven't put them in my queue that I listen to at night time. Because I generally prefer ones that either have, you know, quieter music on less brash music so that it doesn't wake me up because if it's just speech it just keeps me asleep most of the time or I drift in and out and usually hear something and think oh I must go back and listen to that podcast and re-download it and listen to it in the day but I really enjoy Sasha's personal updates I think they're great I think her presentation style is brilliant but she's now doing something that is is must listen as far as I'm concerned so I you know I make sure I listen every time she's doing a joint podcasts every month with Rachel Heron now Rachel used to do a podcast with Jay Thorne and uh, you know they did a lovely podcast together they were lovely together it was lovely to listen to them and um, I really really like Rachel and it, funnily enough um, it was this morning I thought why don't I listen to Rachel's podcast because she's got her own podcast so I, I've just added that to the feed this morning actually but they're doing joint podcasts together Sasha and Rachel they're calling them the Black Heron episodes and I'm finding those really interesting you know what I can't get enough of is authors talking about what they do what, what's working what's not working the struggles they have you know pretty well what I do on this podcast I cannot get enough of that and those are the bits I enjoy most on the podcast so I'm listening I'm, I'm making sure I listen all the way through to those slightly longer episodes and they're really good and you know specifically check those out I would recommend because they're, they're lovely and very informative the wish I'd known then podcast that's another one with loud music on <laughs> <laughs> that wakes me up so I, I only listen to that one during the day now I love the two ladies who present that lovely presentation style you know they work beautifully with each other they when they started that podcast they used to do the podcasts uh, on their own they just used to get on with it just talking about their own experience more recently they've started having guests and so again I like to listen to the preamble but I'm not really interested in a lot of the guests so it's only if they've got a really good guest that's very interesting when I listen to it but I do like their presentation style I really like the two ladies who do it and, I, and you know I, I would rather all their episodes were just them talking about what they do in their business that would be my my preference because those were always the stronger episodes for my tastes the Creative Pen Podcast, everybody's got to listen to that, really. I think, you know, that and the Alliance of Independent Authors, two podcasts that you have to listen to. Joanna just kind of keeps providing brilliant quality. I mean, her AI 
material is great. She's she's made me. I've always been quite skeptical about not skeptical about AI. I, I think I do like to try the new technology, but some sometimes sometimes I'll resist at first, and then I I usually I don't usually come in in the first phase like Joanna comes in. I usually come in in second phase, so I'm still I'm usually still very early, but I'm usually not the first person. I I, I like to see I like to, I like things to mature a little while before I jump in. Let's put it that way. So I'm generally not first phase, but I am early. But I'm using a lot of AI stuff now, and a lot of it's because of what Joanna's doing. But again, I love her personal updates, and I pick and choose the guests. The new author podcast, uh, which is Rich Casey and Jerry Avedoff, that is actually, I, I would credit Jerry's podcast for sort of making me buckle down and get writing again, and even consider doing this podcast again. That's a John Cronshaw's podcast. Now, the reason for that is that I continue to listen to them. Jerry's been on fire this year. I mean, I think I think it's fair to say, Jerry, you've, you've always struggled to get the words in. But since you've turned to cosy crime writing, I mean, you're on fire, man. You, he's just like really you know doing a lot of words and just listening to sort of jerry week in week out saying about these words and i'm i'm hearing him knocking up the words and i'm thinking well why aren't you writing paul you know you could be writing you, you know how to do this you you could have had a book done in that time too and it's funny people have always said to me about this podcast you know when you tell me what your word count is i find that very motivational you know when i'm there saying oh i did five thousand on monday and you know five thousand on thursday People find that motivational. I never got that until I wasn't writing this year. And I was listening to Jerry every week and, and hearing his word count, thinking I should be doing that. I could be doing that. You know, I know how to do this. Why aren't I doing that? So I, I credit that with getting me sort of back in the seat again. Now, Jerry is now co-presenting with Rich. And because they're both kind of writing and producing and getting stuff out there, I, I've just found, I've always enjoyed the podcast, but I've really found it's got really, you know, great value now and i do think the two of them work really well together in that you know rich is drawing information out of jerry in a really in a really kind of good way that's very informative for the listener and it works vice versa too so it's a very very good combo of presenters i think on that now so i'm really enjoying the show and also i mentioned john cronshaw's author diary um, john's is, is a five minute diary most weeks you know sometimes it goes to 10 but again just constantly hearing an author talking about writing I've done this writing this week I've done this writing you know I've done this marketing I've done this writing just tick 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 and, and every week hearing that has made me think you know why are you why aren't you doing this Paul you know what to do you know what's involved you need to buckle down and get on with it so I credit both of those podcasts with getting me back writing again it's kind of being that nagging voice in my head but also in making me see the value of this podcast afresh in that just somebody turning up every week talking to you about what they're doing i hadn't realized how motivational that could be it's it's hard to sort of see that in your own work that you're doing very easy to see it in the work that other people are doing so thanks john thanks jerry thanks rich for doing that is very much appreciated another audio another podcast is, is dan wilcox's podcast now i think last time i did one of these podcast updates i was talking about dan's podcast with sasha and i thought that those two got on really really well i was quite sad when their podcast ended and one of the things i'd say about dan is he's got a tremendous talent a tremendous ability in finding co-presenters that he works really well with he's got a new uh, female co-presenter with the activated authors and they just they just work really well together you know that it's um, uh, to create an informative enjoyable podcast and they're going through the highs and the lows of what they do you know it's very much like this podcast you hear the good the bad and the ugly i love that stuff can't get enough of it 
So that's another podcast I'm listening to. The music's just very loud at the beginning. So it's one that I tend to listen to when I'm on the treadmill because the music wakes me up if I'm trying to listen to it at night. But uh, other than that, brilliant podcast, highly recommended. Another podcast which I really enjoy is the Authorpreneur podcast by Amelia Hay. Again, it's uh, an author in the trenches sharing what they're learning, sharing what's working, sharing the frustrations. Again, you know, I, I particularly love the stuff about when Amelia's talking about what, you know, what she's struggling with, what she's working on, what breakthroughs she's had. I, I can't get enough of that author life kind of information. Uh, it doesn't come out every week, uh, but I'm always delighted when I get a new episode in my feed. So keep it up, Amelia. It's another podcast that I love listening to. Thank you very much for doing that. Here's another one that you might not have heard of. It's another one that I can't remember where I found it, but I'm really enjoying it. It's called The Happy Writer. I think I've mentioned it before and I really like it. It's, this is the podcast that I can't work out whether it's voiced using an AI because the, the style of presentation is so even and occasionally clipped, it makes me think it's an AI. And I, I mean, it, it, might, it might not be. There's no reason to, to think that it should be other than the delivery style but it does sound like an AI. So normally, you know, when you're talking, you, you go fast, you go slow, you change your pace, you might pause and things like that. And it's just because of the, the it might just be highly edited, you see. If it, was high, if it was highly edited, so that all the pauses, all the things I leave in, all those things might be cut out. And then sometimes that can sound a bit like an AI. I personally like pauses because it's like talking to a normal person. If, if, if none of us were, were edited, if none of us pause, if none of us stopped for a breath, it's like, you know, it's being shot at by a, a word machine gun. It's like, you know, it's too much. I need some thinking time here. So that's why I tend to leave it in. I think it's easier to listen if you've got, you know, some pause and some change of pace in there. Anyhow, I divert. I don't know whether the happy writer is, is presented by a real person or an AI, but I really enjoy it. I think it's very good. It's a very good podcast. So I'm good to recommend that to you, but I don't hear anybody else talking about it. You know, it's not one of these broadly known podcasts but I have it on every week and every time a, a new episode is downloaded I give it a listen and I enjoy it a AI or not AI I always enjoy it so if I just give you a sample of the sort of last episodes returns on Amazon self-promotion when you should you start advertising book lists have stopped working it's discussing whether they have or not it's not a statement the benefits of self-publishing, vanity presses. It's just got all sorts of interesting information on it. The episodes tend to be shorter, but they're always, I think they're, they're pre-written rather than busked like I do. You know, so they're always full of information and detail. Another uh, podcast is the Six Figure Author podcast. That's a podcast I leave in my feed. I got that, we got that lovely surprise episode a couple of weeks ago. If they ever do any more surprise episodes, I want to get them. It's the same as the, I can't remember what the podcast is called now, the one by Jay Thorne and uh, Rachel, Rachel, whose name I've just said and forgotten, Rachel Heron. It's that podcast. If they ever do an extra episode, I want to hear it. So I leave that one in my feed, just in the kind of hope that one day a new episode will pop up and I'll get a lovely uh, surprise. So definitely leave the Six Figure Authors in your feed. And if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it because loads of good stuff in there. The Author Ads Academy 
podcast. Now, this one isn't running anymore, but it's it's the podcast that Matthew J. Hone did. This is the chap who, who does the Facebook ads and the Amazon ads that I like. He has a, a historical podcast that has loads of episodes. I'm just trying to find it on my feed now. You can never find anything when you want it, can you? I, I find it very difficult to, to talk and, and navigate a podcast feed at the same time. Here it is. There are 40, I think, 40 episodes in that feed. And let me just give you a taste of them. I highly recommend this as free content about your Amazon ads. So Amazon ads mindset, Amazon ads negative targeting, Amazon ads keyword match types explained, Amazon ads sponsored brands campaigns, Amazon ads sponsored products auto campaigns. It's a brilliant, brilliant podcast. I've left them all there. I've listened to them once. I need to go through them methodically and take notes but highly recommended that you listen to that. But that's the kind of podcast, you, it's not the sort of podcast you listen to on the treadmill. It's the sort of podcast you listen to at your desk and you make notes because it's so packed with great information. Another podcast feed that I leave open in the hope that one day they'll do another podcast is the Story Studio podcast. That's the Dave, Johnny and Sean podcast. I know they're doing amazing things. I think Johnny got one of his books has been turned into a sci-fi series now. I mean, they're doing amazing things as a story studio, but they just kind of stopped the podcast. They ended it with a lovely series about the state of self-publishing. They didn't make an announcement, not, not to my knowledge, about what they were doing next. They just haven't broadcast any new episodes. So one day I live in hope that a new update episode will arrive in that feed. Also, I've got the Book Marketing Show podcast with Dave Chesson. Again, I don't think Dave broadcasts every month. I haven't seen a new episode on that feed for some time, but I leave that open because, you know, Dave's always sharing great content. Incidentally, I didn't mention Dave on the blogs, but uh, I should have mentioned Dave's blog. The, um, the his, his blog features that he shares are so great. So let me add that retrospectively to my blog list because I always read Dave's uh, blog posts as well. They're always very informative and very practical. Here's another podcast I'm going to have to look at my feed for to remind myself um, what, who, who does it because I obviously listen to it and, and I can't remember who actually you know who actually presents it. It's the Publishing Profits podcast. Now where is this in the feed? Now I'm now I'm telling you the title. I'm thinking who the heck does that? But uh, it's, it's I can't even find it in the feed. Where is it? The Publishing Profits podcast. Who does that one? Anyhow, I must enjoy the Publishing Profits podcast because I put it on the list, even though I can't remember where it came from. So the Publishing Profits podcast is on the list. I must like it. I can't find it while I'm talking to you now, but check it out. And um, I was talking about Rachel Heron and Jay Thorne. Their podcast, by the way, the one that I leave on the feed in case they ever do a new episode, it's called The Right As Well. That was the podcast that they did. So again, you may or may not get something. Here it is. Here's that podcast. This is the Book Marketing Show podcast. Oh, that's Dave Chesson is the Book Marketing Show podcast. That's why I was getting confused with that. And the Publishing Profits podcast. Here it is. I've got it. Here it is. The Publishing Profits podcast. I can't remember who does this. I can't remember it, but it's well worth dipping into. Uh, I don't listen to all of the episodes and it hasn't had any episodes recently. But if I just give you a sample of, of the posts, it's it, how to use book baby to grow your print and digital book sales how author networking and co-promotion can help sell books how to create and build your personal brand how to find your thousand true fans and make a living as an artist so i've forgotten the name of the chap who does that podcast but they're good episodes and they're very marketing oriented 
the reason I can't remember it is because there hasn't been a new episode for a while, or my feed hasn't updated with a new episode for a while. But the back catalogue is well worth a look. And then the other thing to share with you, the final podcast that I've got in my feed is the Alliance of Independent Author Podcasts. They do beginners podcasts. They do advanced podcasts. I listen to all of it because I, you know, whatever I always listen, I'm always hearing stuff that I didn't know about and I go and check it out when I hear about it. I just want to expose myself to as many ideas, as much good practice, as much publishing news as I can, as, as efficiently as I can. And that's why I listen to all these podcasts, but the Alliance of Independent Author podcasts are great. If you're new to this business, what I always say to people, when people say to me, you know, basically they want me to hold their hand and set them up a to z with self-publishing which of course i'm not going to do because i'd be there forever what i do say now is look just join the alliance of independent authors listen to the beginners podcast and you can ask questions on that podcast all right you, you know you can go to the source of the well and drink as much as you want from it but that's really the best place to go if you want to start and you will get a personal answer to your questions on the podcast if you are a member of the alliance of independent authors so uh, just to wind up this section, I'm going to also share the link that Laurie Puma sent uh, a while ago. So I've mentioned Laurie twice. Laurie also did a lovely uh, list of, of podcast episodes. Now, this first went out in 2018. I did say to Laurie, actually, what you should do is you should refresh that because people love resources like that. If she does a new one, I'll put the new link on the resources page, but I'll put the old link on the resources page too, because a lot of those podcasts are still ones that it's well worth having a look at. But that's a really nicely collated page of resources there. Well, I really hope that I'd be able to make it through the content that I got planned for this show within an hour. I failed again because we're over the hour mark. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to park the podcast at that point and I'm going to broadcast and record an extra show which will run next week and in that show I'm going to go through all the bits that I haven't done so far that show will include learning resources it will include the miscellaneous things that I use to make my business work in the background some of those you may find really useful just problem solvers things to make life a lot easier for you in your business particularly if you're serious about using a business and then I've got a lot of um, future looking pieces of software that I'm trying or using or actually making use of very regularly in my business now. And, and I do want to leave enough time for those and not rush through them. So I'm going to park those for next week. So you're going to get an extra podcast episode next week. So I will say just over an hour into this show, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> Don't forget that I will be resuming the regular show for another 25 episodes as revealed in my new year update so that's coming very soon as well but thank you very much for listening i hope that whatever you're doing in your author career you have a great week from me paul teague bye-bye for now <laughs>